72% of entrepreneurs are struggling with mental health. Most don't ask for help. Today is the day we change that. Today is the day we prioritize and destigmatize mental health. We are entrepreneurs, visionaries, high achievers, change makers. We defy the odds every single day. We dream the biggest dreams. We fail and fall flat on our faces. We get up and try harder. We believe in our ideas even when everyone around us doubts them. We are driven to find the solutions to the world's biggest problems. We speak because our voice matters. We show up because we make a difference. We share our most vulnerable stories because we know someone can finally find the courage to share theirs. And in our collective sharing, we rise, we heal, and we embody brave visibility. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Brave Visibility Podcast. We are stoked, Kimra and I, to have an amazing guest today with us. Dr. Janice Kerr is a top 40 physical therapy influencer and has been named one of the top 50 most influential healthcare professionals. With a doctorate in physical therapy, she is ranked as one of the best fitness trainers on Instagram by Shape Magazine and has been featured in Self Magazine, Men's Fitness, Muscle and Fitness, as well as a select interview guest on CBS and on the Rise podcast with Rachel Hollis. She is the founder and owner of Mobility Method, LLC. She sits on the medical advisory board for Women's Health and Strong Fitness Magazine, and she's an online sensation with more than half a million followers and viral videos with millions of views, helping people shape and reshape how they use their body. As an expert in physical therapy, she speaks all over the country on the topic of health and she attracts customers from stay-at-home moms to Hollywood actors and Olympic athletes. You know, I've been following Jen, like Jen, I've been following you for like a couple of years now. And I love, love everything you share. I literally like pull up my Instagram and do the things that you're showing us. So <laughs> it's such an honor to have you with us. Thank and you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I would love to to bring up just kind of a few things because like I was listening to a few different podcasts that you were interviewed on and you have a, kind of a bit of a backstory when it comes to just fitness. Like your family kind of required you, I guess, to kind of like do sports. And so you went from sports and were just kind of landed on gymnastics and then you got into like kinesiology, like how did that really flow for you? Like, did you think like, I'm going to be in healthcare when I grow up and I'm going to help people with their bodies and with movement? Like, was there a time where you're just like, I just want to serve people? You know, I mean, as far as like growing up in gymnastics and everything, I think when I was young, like the idea was like, I'm going to be an Olympic athlete. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I kind of just, as I was going through school and, and, going into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do exactly, but I knew I loved learning about the body. Like even in high school, I quit gymnastics when I was like, um, right before my junior year in high school, but I still loved like learning anatomy and biology and those classes. And I still love learning about the body. And I started coaching gymnastics 
And so I knew that like, I didn't know exactly that it was going to be physical therapy or what it would be. Would it be medical doctor? Would it be chiropractor? I didn't know. So I knew that kinesiology was the thing that made sense to me because it's literally the study of human movement. (laughs) So going into that just kind of made sense to me. And as I was going through, I did um, different like as assistants and aides and different things like that to, in different offices, like chiropractic office and, and teaching Pilates and um, worked as a physical therapy aide. And through that, that's where I really discovered, like, I really like physical therapy. I'm not a huge fan of blood. So medical doctor, nurse, probably mm. not going to be my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved watching how a physical therapist would watch movement or feel movement with their hands. And I'm always like, what are they feeling and looking at? And just these questions of what could the body really do and how can I help people to access that was really my my interest because I never went to physical therapy as a gymnast, surprisingly, for nine years. I kind of just like would tape up an ankle or <laughs> do conditioning while I waited for something to heal on my body rather than actually going to get it checked. And so it was something completely still new to me and very different. And I just was fascinated because I wanted to continue to learn how you could adapt and change the body and how I can help others do that. Wow. And that's so amazing how you really found your passion like that. I know like just seeing how much joy we can see in your eyes when you're posting on Instagram and making your videos. It's really incredible to see that you, you know, were able to grow into it and, and really we're just curious and you mm-hmm. followed that curiosity and, you know, now you've been able to serve, you know, thousands of people um, with your work. And so I know you've been able to grow like a lot of followers on social media. Um, you've gone qu- pretty viral. Um, and so one question that I know a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, might have is because we don't really often get a lot of time to work out, right? We're busy, we're hustling, we're working all the time. And we don't really think about our fitness oftentimes. And in fact, I've had a few clients where they start their business and then they like gain 30 pounds within like three months. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, why is there not a focus on this? And do you feel like in the entrepreneur space, like there is just a lack of people talking about this? Maybe they're afraid to say like, hey, entrepreneur people, like you need to get off your butt. (laughs) Um, you know, like, like how have you seen that work? Like, do you have a lot of entrepreneurs who are coming to you that are just like, oh my gosh, my whole body is stiff because I'm at the computer all day. I mean, I think it goes beyond just entrepreneurs. It's, Mm -hmm. it's everyone, you know, no matter what kind of job you work or what you're doing, we get in this rut of just flowing through life and forgetting the number one purpose of what is going to flow us through life, which is ourselves and our Mm -hmm. body like your Mm -hmm. your butt is not getting out of bed unless you can lift yourself out of bed Mm yeah and and so we forget about the number one thing and we do all these other tasks and we focus out on other people and we do all these things but that there's no longevity in that unless you take care of your body and I Mm -hmm. also like to relate it back to the fact of like what you're doing in life in terms of whatever job you have or family that you have or anything else, like if you want to really truly be integrity, it's integrity with your word. And that starts Mm -hmm. with your body. How are you treating yourself 
Mm. And how is that going to mirror how you treat other people, how you treat your business, how you treat anything else? Wow, that's really incredible. That should be like on a t-shirt, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like how you're treating your body is how you're going to be treating people around you, how you're going to be treating your business, how you're going to be, I mean, you're res- showing yourself respect by taking mm-hmm. care of your body. Exactly. So that's, that's really, really super, super interesting. So Yasmin, you have anything? Yeah. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I I just want to pivot to the whole idea of how like physical fitness and mobility come into play when it comes to mental health. Because like, I know personally, I love moving. I love dancing. I love going to the gym. Like I really do because it just makes me feel better. Like I'm just happier and, and just full of life. And if I didn't move, I, I think I would just be miserable. So I just want you to talk about like how it relates to mental health and I guess how we can, um, for those who may be kind of dragging their feet to go exercise or to move in general, what would be a great motivation? You know, the hardest thing for everything is getting started. It's the same with the business. Even if you got it started, it's the consistency of what you're going to do every single day to actually maintain and grow it because it's, it's going to fall off. The same in business is the same with your body. And the hardest part is just getting started. And so I like to say, like, why would you go out there and like kill yourself for an hour with something that you're not even used to? No shot you're going to go back to it. <laughs> like that's going to scare you away and that's going to feel like a negative thing within your head because now you wake up the next day, can hardly move, can hardly walk. You don't feel good in your body. So instead, if you actually are committed to getting back to this place of like, and I think it has to start from deep appreciation. If you're starting because you hate your body, it's going to fall off. Like we can't be going into something with this, you know, attacking kind of mode in it or trying to tear it down. It's just, it's not going to grow. It's not going to work. It doesn't work in business. It doesn't work in your body. And you have to go in with appreciation. So maybe you can't move as well right now, Mm -hmm. but can you still get yourself out of bed? Can you still lift your kid? Can you still um, walk? Like there's people who cannot have the, who do not have the ability to walk and yet they are committed every day to working out and staying fit and healthy within their body. And so if we can get back to the point of so much deep appreciation for this body that we've been given and this opportunity that we have to actually be able to move it then I think every day should be easy to maybe you're taking a phone call and instead of just sitting at your desk, you're going to walk around with it. Um, You know, and it it starts off that easy. 30 minutes a day. Give me 30 minutes a day of getting out of your chair and walking. And maybe, you know, instead of just sitting in front of the TV, you're going to be doing stretches in front of the TV. And it could be these little things where it just starts to cultivate over time And it's more about the consistency and even sprinkling in little tiny bits, even if it's like a 10-minute HIIT workout or these little tiny things over time are what matter. It's not the one hour, one day a week, but it's more, and and it's not about killing yourself. It's about consistent movement over time. And that's been studied to, I mean, literally, 
we're releasing <laughs> our happy, you know, endorphins and our, and yeah. getting our brain to feel good. And if you're trying so hard to get back to that place, it just starts with little by little. What is something that I can do to say, I appreciate the fact that I have legs today and I have feet that work. I'm going to use them for 10 minutes. I'm going to take a phone call. I'm going to walk with it because I have this appreciation that I have this right now. I'm not going to take it for granted. I mean, the thing that I appreciated so about PT school a lot too is that I got to meet people of all different walks of life. And one guy in particular, just I continue to go back to his story because I'm so inspired by him. And he lives in a wheelchair and has cerebral palsy, but he lives completely on his own. And he is full of contractures, cannot walk, cannot use his body the same way that we do, and yet does everything on his own and has figured it out. He can't even use his, he can't talk because the motor control around his mouth doesn't work. He's super intelligent. He just can't use the language and the motor skills that we have. And beyond this, when he got too big to pick himself back up into his wheelchair, he started swimming with his physical therapist. So he maintains his health so just so that he can live just so that he can pull himself up and down on his wheelchair. And yet yeah. we're complaining that we can't touch our toes <laughs> or, you know, maybe we get a little knee irritation if we run too hard. Okay. Well, maybe you change it up. How can you change it up? Walk. Do you still have the ability to do that? And, and we focus so much too on the negative aspect. Well, I don't have this. I can't do this. I can't do that. Rather than going back to the appreciation of what we do have, and focusing on that. Wow, that's just that's so, so powerful. Yeah, this is like so powerful because I see a lot of this fitness stuff out there that just like, let's just go hardcore for like 30 days. And like, I'm like, if I go hardcore for 30 days, I'm going to quit on day three. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to be like, no, this hurts. I'm going to go yep. eat a whole entire box of the vegan cookies they sell at Whole Foods. <laughs> Because those are the best freaking cookies in the damn world. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. And so I think that's really interesting, like just being able to appreciate that our hands can even move, that our arms can even move. And there's these people in this world who they're literally in a wheelchair and they have more appreciation for what their body can do than we have <laughs> for what our bodies can do. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's super super interesting and such a wonderful story to share. And I think it really puts things into perspective. Like a lot of us are so blessed with the mobility that we do have. Yeah. And then we're complaining that, you know, we should be stretching for five minutes a day. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, are we ever complaining that we need to be brushing our teeth? Usually yeah. not because yeah. we know taking those two minutes a few times throughout the day is going to be way more beneficial than going to get a root canal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yet we're not like, you know, oh, paying attention to where my restrictions might be, might be a little bit important two minutes a day rather than going to get rotator cuff surgery. True. Wow. It's amazing. I love that reframing. You know, that's like a reframing of our perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important to do because like you said, just little things here and there can absolutely, you know, make a huge difference. I want to ask you as someone who has such a huge audience for yourself, like how do you feel growing such a large personal brand has mm -hmm. affected your mental health? Because I think that's so 
that that's a topic that not so many people talk about. Yeah. I think it's been, it's opened up my journey and to force me to grow. <laughs> um, I had zero intention of having a large social media following. My name when I started Instagram was Jen underscore ES underscore care, because that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it really legitimately started just because all my friends were getting on Instagram and it was for friends and family. And I started to show my workouts outside only because that's what I did. And I was just showing bits of my life, just like my friends were and just like my family was. And once one of the big calisthenic pages saw that, that's when he reached out to me and invited me down to the beach and started posting me and all this other stuff. And so I started to grow very naturally out of that. And I think it's interesting if anyone has seen my journey and if they are still connected to me for that long, like, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I think someone could see how I've grown over time, which is really probably even for me, really cool to see. I mean, I went from, I would post like selfies or pictures with friends and show my face, show who I am and all this other stuff way more when it was just family and friends and it was in a circle that I felt comfortable with people who knew me. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it started to expand and people started to follow me, I instantly went into, okay, let me just show what my body can do. Let me never post again about my face <laughs> because I was so afraid of being judged. For me, I, it only heightened my insecurities of, you know, not being pretty enough and not being the supermodel and not doing and not being this idea of what I painted in my head as mm. to what I considered beautiful and tearing myself down. And so, and I also always kind of grew up as the shy child and the observer. I almost, you know, people could call me like, a bitch sometimes because I would sit in the back and not talk to anyone and not because I didn't want to, but because I was afraid to. And mm -hmm. that's really, I continue to hide within my insecurities. And so all of a sudden growing this brand, I was almost just reaching and searching for the people. If, if I ever showed my face or if my partner or person I was with ever showed my face, I was almost searching for the, the, the comments of negativity to confirm my story of my insecurity. Mm -hmm. And how was it that you started to flip that story? Because I know now you're, you know, you're posting some pretty sexy pictures even on your Instagram, you know? So, so, so how, how did you move to, to kind of flipping that story? What was, was there a certain moment or something that happened that decide that we were just like, screw it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be me. You know, it was when um, someone had pointed out to me, one day, like I was just getting ready as I usually do. And I was putting on my makeup, getting dressed and like kind of going through the usual for me at the time, which was like, oh, this looks awful or oh, this is bad or oh, I feel fat. I look fat today or whatever, like whatever I would tell myself. And someone said, you know, you're kind of creating a negative environment around you mm. just by you tearing yourself down. And I'm like, what? This is my own conversation with myself. How is this affecting you? And as soon as that was pointed out to me, I then became hyper aware of it, of how my friends would do it. My mom would do it, you know, and it was like, all of a sudden by me doing this, I'm giving permission for other people to do it to themselves. Wow. And that's what, and then I was like, 
like, of course I'm searching for the negative comments. Of course we're all overanalyzing ourselves and, and living in these insecurities. And of course they're heightened because it's social media and there's comparison and everything. But at the same time, like, why is it okay if I'm talking to myself this way? And how am I encouraging other people to talk to themselves when that is not who they are at all? And so for me, it became, okay, what am I going to do for myself so that I can start to change this narrative within myself? And then how can I ask for support from my friends and from my mom so that we can all start to collectively change the narrative and support each other in that? That's so incredibly powerful that it's like you you saw how like your behavior was affecting others. And as a mother, that's something where I'm like, if I'm saying negative talk to myself, then what is going on like with my kids? You know, like they will see that they'll mimic that behavior. Yeah. And having kids has made me so hyperly aware of the way I think about myself or talk about myself. Um, and it's been really interesting because even my, my, my oldest son, he's 10 and he's said things like, Oh, I'm really scared to be fat when I'm older and things like that. I'm like, where the heck did you get that? But then I'm like, well, maybe he heard me say something one time, or maybe when I was pregnant, I was mentioning like my butt was getting big or, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like people around us, they see those things, they absorb those things. And so it's really interesting that someone actually called you out. I mean, I'm certain you're so grateful that that person did that, right? Definitely. Um, And that's really incredible that instead of, you know, almost being offended by that, you took it and was like, you know what, like that there's a shift that needs to happen. Yeah. And you can tell that shift, like even in your Instagram, like if anybody goes back, her, her Instagram is doc Jen fit. And if anyone goes back and looks through, like even your older posts, you can see where things started evolving and shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that you shared that because I think sometimes we don't realize the influence of the people we have around us, even if we have a small following. Yeah. yeah. People who, if you have 20 Facebook friends, like you're still influencing the others around you. So, exactly. um, so that's really interesting. Wow. I wasn't expecting you to share something like that. Like, so, like someone literally <laughs> like was like calling you out on it. Um, but you know, I think that that's really so, so powerful. And sometimes we just need to call ourselves out on it. You know, like, yeah. What are we saying to our, ourselves on a daily basis? Are we practicing what we preach to our audience? You know, um, cause that's always been something that's been hard for me is, you know, the practicing what I'm preaching and, and making sure I'm staying in integrity and staying in alignment with my own, you know, messages that I put out there. And, and, you know, I feel like, you know, this conversation just really shows like you, you've stepped into that leadership. And I think that's so incredible um, to hear. So, and thank you for that. Thank you for stepping Stepping into that leadership because you're now able to inspire, you know, millions of people um, with yeah. the work that you do. It's so, so beautiful. Thank um, you. I love so, it. So speaking of leadership, um, one of the things that we wanted to discuss on this, on this podcast is like, you do have a very, you know, public forum and you, you know, a lot of our listeners are people who want to grow their social media platforms. They want to grow their audiences and their email list and, and grow their businesses. And you shared a lot of different stories on social media that are very personal and very vulnerable and particularly about, you know, infidelity um, that happened with a long-term partner. And, you know, I was wondering like, how did you 
like build up the strength to actually speak your truth about that and open up about such a painful experience when, you know, all eyes are on you. And could you even maybe touch on like even maybe some tips if maybe there's someone who does have a story they want to share um, and how they can, you know, step into that truth and, and begin to start speaking it. Yeah, that was really powerful for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring it to the surface be- is because I would like hint at it in posts and say, and like people could kind of figure out I was going through things. And a lot of women reached out to me, and I think most of the women who were in tune that had been through similar experience. And it was always like, oh, yeah, I know, it happens. It happens to everyone. Oh, yeah, like, it's happened to me. It's it, like, And it was just this constant, like, this always happens. And mm. so for me, it became, well, then why aren't we talking about it more? Yeah. Why isn't it come to the surface, and why is there so much shame about being able to share it? And so it became a really driving force for me to want to bring it to the surface, but I had to wait. (laughs) So I posted about it about a month after it happened. And a lot of that is because at first, if I would have done it in the first couple weeks, it would have probably come from a more negative place and a more defensive place. And Mm. I, and you know, someone going through an experience of betrayal and hurt and sadness, like there, you are going to go through the gamut of emotions. (laughs) You are going to go and experience everything and it is totally 100% okay and you get to experience it. But you get to do that, that part and a little bit of the safety of the people that know you best and that really know your heart and can hold space for times of anger and resentment and all of that. Yeah, and and keep going. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, it's like I, I was, I've been through that process. I was journaling a lot. I was writing a lot. And so sometimes it would like, I would kind of almost formulate um, what I was going to say. And it would just kind of turn into a journal. Um, And then at one point, it was like me really getting clear with my feelings and how I wanted to present this out of a place of empowerment, out of a place of learning lessons, and the freedom that came from it for me so that I can show that power for other people and for other women. And to say, we don't need to be shameful about sharing our story, no matter what that story is, because it's not about the other person, it's about you. Yeah. And I know like with my audience, I've had people that, you know, I mean, they're even scared to share that they went through a divorce, you know, and there's a lot of shame around, I guess, allowing someone to treat us badly. And sometimes we don't even sometimes realize they're treating us badly for a while. And I know for yourself that, you know, being in that manipulative relationship, like really, um, affected your physical health. Um, so I'd love for you to share a bit about, you know, how you started using breath work and things like that to, you know, start listening to your body a bit more when you started having, you know, physical things that came up from being in that type of relationship. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know the extent to which everything was happening when I was in the relationship. I didn't really understand. Um, gaslighting and manipulation 
Um, and this is my experience, right? So for me, what I, I, I'm so <laughs> in my body and moving my body all the time. But then all of a sudden, last year, I got shingles. And I knew it was, it, it came out in a time as well when I had been doing so much work on myself, not only physically learning about breath work, learning more about the body and movement, but also I was diving into emotional intelligence programs and, and self-growth and personal development and trying to work on me as much as I can to try to understand the partner that I was with because I just kept going back to, okay, I'm not, not understanding enough. I'm not accepting enough. I'm not, you know, I mean, really, when I look back on it now, I look and I see I was, I was choosing to live in an environment of continuing to tell myself I was not enough mm. by, by staying in that particular relationship. And, and only because we're not aligned. So if you're, you're going to constantly feel not enough when you're not aligned. And, yeah. but I wasn't seeing that. I was still seeing like, okay, what more work do I have to do? What more work? And it came to a point where I was at a head of like, I've done so much work. I can't deal this anymore. Something needs to shift. Like we are either going to break up or something needs to shift. And, and even trying to move through things and talk through things and figure it out. I, you know, it, there just became a point where it would all got so much for me. And I felt like even as I was trying to, to get help and to work through things, I continued to feel like I was being told, you're this, you're, you're strong. Like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And it came out physically and it came mm -hmm. out through shingles. And that's when I was able to like, say like, no, see, I'm not okay. I've been feeling not okay and I don't feel listened to. I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. And now my body's physically responding to that. I'm telling you I'm not okay. And rather than me saying that as the final sign that I needed to know, know that I'm not in alignment here and it's okay to walk away. It's okay to say we're not an, aligned. Instead, I chose to say, you know, okay, maybe I just need to be even more accepting <laughs> and, <sighs> and just let go and let be what will be and, and just trust, you know, and in that I was completely giving up my intuition because my intuition was talking to me and was trying to tell me something. And I've had many experiences where I've talked to women as well, where autoimmune issues came up or um, they were getting a lot of inflammatory responses within their body. And as much as they were trying to work on it with the doctor and trying to do all these things, it wasn't until something, either there was a shift in the relationship or, or they divorced or bro broke up and all of a sudden the symptoms started to resolve. And there's, yeah, there's a guy in Germany who's a doctor who says that the number one cure to cancer is divorce. Wow. And I remember hearing this about maybe nine, 10 years ago. And I was like, how do relationships like connect with your physical health? And that was when I first started like diving deep into like how the people around us 
actually affect our body. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting. Just I started reading book after book and was just kind of going hardcore into it. And I found the one book um, called It's About Like Your Body Keeps Score. Yeah, the body keeps and, score. Yeah, the body keeps the score. And, you know, I think that that's something like if anybody here is like listening and they feel maybe you know, they might be in a, some sort of toxic or manipulative relationship, you know, looking into, you know, how that relationship could possibly be what's affecting their physical health. Um, I just really kind of wanted to highlight that for any of yeah. the listeners who yeah. are going through some physical health things. I mean, I've had friends who have gotten extreme digestive problems because they were in really toxic relationships. I've had friends who have had their hair start falling out because they were in toxic relationships. And so it's, it's a really important thing to look at the people who you have in your life and how that's affecting your mental health, but then also affecting your physical body as well. And really tuning into that and listening to your body is so important. And, you know, anyways, I just really wanted to, to highlight that because I just thought it was such kind of a, a crucial part of the story. Yeah, yeah that's it's so crazy. important. <laughs> I mean, we look at, we always look at the environment and we say, oh, this food can be affecting me or the air quality or the lack of sleep or the amount of water or, or my movement practice is wrong or whatever it is. We look at all these environmental things and yet we forget to look at the relationships and the people that we're around. And that has a huge effect. That's part of your environment. So work relationships, professional relationships, and personal relationships, meaning family and intimate, that all affects our internal environment. So that's going to have an effect on your body 100%. And you have to take all of that into account when your body is trying to talk to you and tell you something, which can show up as pain. It can show up as autoimmune. It could show up as disease. It can show up in all these different ways. But you can't just look at your food and all these things that we want to control. You also get to look at the people that are around you and the language and the environment that you're surrounding yourself in. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And of course, you know, it affects us physically and it affects our mental health as well, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the people that we surround ourselves with, you know, it, it just definitely has an effect on our mental health. Would you say that was something that, that you experienced as well? I mean, definitely. I think there's, there's good and bad to every situation. I don't like to say it's good and bad. You know, I don't even like to say like a divorce is the only way out or a breakup. Like I shared my story not to say like empower people to leave. Like, I don't think leaving is necessarily the answer unless you're also going to do work and learn Mm -hmm. the lessons out of it. And I don't necessarily think staying is, I think either way it's hard. If you choose to stay hard, because now you got to commit to saying, this is not okay. What are you going to do to change it? And how are we going to create a different shift within our environment? So mm-hmm. extremely difficult. And I have so much compassion for that. And I've seen it work if both people are willing to do the work. I've seen that work. Yeah. So I'm never one to say like, there's one way and it's always to leave. I don't believe that. I think it depends. And also, if you leave, also hard work because you can't just then cover up the symptoms with getting revenge, drinking, um, drugs, just 
going on to another person. Rebound boyfriends. <laughs> exactly. Because then you're all you're doing is going to repeat the pattern again and again and again because you didn't actually learn something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that we see quite a bit as people are just like, oh, like their partner did something that was clearly not an appropriate thing to do in a relationship and then they just leave. And then they don't really get the therapy that they might need. They don't really get the support system around them of friends and family and loved ones. They just go and jump into relationships or relationships. They, you know, I've seen people in the relationship that was really bad and then they just started binge drinking for a year. Yeah. You know, and it's I'm like, what's going on? Like what, like I thought you were happy you ended the relationship and then you're like, you know, treating your body badly. And so it's kind of like these low level coping mechanisms, you know, Mm -hmm. jumping from relationship to relationship or, you know, using substances to numb themselves. Or numbing the pain. Yeah. I was just going to say numbing the pain. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think that's because that's what our society has been taught. We've been taught how to mask things and how to cover it up. And that's why also a lot of people don't talk about these things. There is shame around it. There is. And, and let me tell you, like me coming out with my story, there's still people that say, well, she came out out of revenge and she's doing this, you know, to try to get back and, and all those other things. Like people are going to say and make up whatever stories they, they believe in. And that's okay. Like I have to, me coming out and being able to share my story and talk about the lessons and what I've learned and how I've grown. I Mm -hmm. have to know that there's going to be pushback and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. and you've done it in a very respectful way, though, like without tearing the other person down, you, you did it in such a way that I really admire and respect because you shared your truth and you're, you keep sharing your truth. And, and I think that's what we have to do as humans, right? Sharing our truth, being authentic, being vulnerable, because we know it might help that one person out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You know, it is bigger than you. It is bigger than us. So, so I think, um, you know, the way you've done it, I've, I've seen it. It's, it's in a very respectful manner. So I honor you for that. Thank you. Yes. And I just, well, for me, it came back to always going back to what is my intention with this? Mm-hmm. And my intention was never to go to attack another person. Cause first of all, that's short lived and it's going to go away in a second. Um, second of all, that pushes all my energy over to that other person, which then doesn't help me grow. The more that we push energy off to another person, the more that we display hate, we display revenge, and and we focus all on like, well, why did they do this to me? And why did this happen? And all these things, you're never, you're not going to grow in that space. And not that you can't be there. I understand there's a part of like, I don't get it. Why did this happen? And frustration. But at some point, you have to take the responsibility back into yourself and say, what was it that attracted me to that person? Why did I stay? And ultimately, I had to forgive myself for choosing to stay when I knew that I was not in a place of alignment. And there was a lot between both of us that we were trying to force. And I was compromising my deepest core values for what I believed in in myself in order to try to make it work. Yeah. And ultimately, the person that I got to forgive isn't the other person. They're going to make choices. I can't control someone else's actions. And that's something that they get to deal with. 
what I get to deal with is me forgiving myself and truly doing my own healing and my own journey and focusing on me so that I don't draw that back into my life. Incredible. And forgiveness is really, I think, the most important part of that, what you just said, is forgiving yourself. Um, Because sometimes we do, we have that shame of like, why did I stay for so long? Why did I allow someone to treat me that way? I'm smart. I can't believe I allowed myself to be manipulated by that person, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think you sharing your story has showed a lot of men and women both that you know, sometimes we allow things to happen to us and there are lessons to learn in those things. Um, I'm a true believer in that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I think that, you know, you've done it in a very graceful way, um, sharing your truth. And I think that's kind of the difference between some people that just kind of like throw everything up on the internet. That's like, ah, um, and it's almost a little bit more traumatizing to everybody around them. Um, but you've done it in such a graceful and powerful way. And I just want to thank you for that, for being really an example of, of how people can continue to show up and can, even though there's tough times, even though there's grief or loss or shame or guilt, um, you're just a true example of that showing up. So I would love to to wrap this up. Um, we've had such an incredible time speaking. Amazing. With you. Um, um, I would love to wrap it up with letting people know a bit about where they can find you, where they can start working with you, um, all of that sort of stuff. So so go for it. Let us know how they can connect. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys first of all for having me on and allowing me to speak into this a lot more. I mean, it. I think what you guys are putting out there for everyone is so important because it truly, bravery is really being able to step into the fear and knowing that it's always going to be there, but being able to be seen anyways in who you truly are and stepping into your full truth. So I, I thank you guys for allowing me to come on and show that thank and you. be another example. So thank you. Um, and everyone can connect on, with me on DocGenFit on all the things. <laughs> Instagram is where I show up the most. A lot of educational pieces into the body. Um, and still, I will always share about my journey the way that, um, you know, I feel called to. Mm-hmm. And the way that feels real, honest, and truthful for me. Um, and then DocGenFit um, dot com and on my website you can find my programs and stuff and and I created the optimal body as a way for people to be able to to get a whole rounded aspect of what it means to listen to the body and start just increasing awareness all my programs are meant to help you understand your own body better and educate yourself so that you just learn what you need to listen to, what you need to pay attention to, what might not be working as well. And within it, there are functional HIIT workouts that could be done anywhere, core workouts and what that really means in the body, um, mobility flows for every portion of the body. And then I'm also adding in little mindset tools as well. 
Love it. Super incredible. Definitely go check out docgenfit.com. Hit her up on Instagram at docgenfit. She's one of my favorite Instagrams to follow. I have it like on the notifications (laughs) turned on. Um, And then, you know, the optimal body membership, definitely join that. I've decided today that I'm joining it. So I'm ready (laughs) to rock and roll. So anyone listening, I'll be like rocking all that stuff with you. Thank you again so much for being here, Jen. Is there any last minute things you'd like to say to our listeners? I would just say continue to step into who you are and don't be afraid of that. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for lending us your ears. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review so we know we're not talking to ourselves. If you love this episode and would like to dive deeper into healing your mind, body, and soul, make sure to check out bravevisibility.com forward slash circle to join our membership. Every month, we'll provide you with new trainings and resources on maintaining a healthy mind and most of all, a safe space to share and grow. Go to bravevisibility.com forward slash circle where you can have full access for $20 a month. Remember to use hashtag Brave Visibility when sharing this episode online. Follow us on social media at Brave Visibility and catch us on the next episode. Till then, live bravely.